0: listen to them
1: children of the night what music they make welcome to fear the talking queers we're back well then who the fuck are you hosted by jake Sines and frankie corona gonzalez Uh... Showtime, bitches. Ooh, I love scary movies. Don't forget to rate me five stars. Happy Thanksgiving, bitch! Happy Thanksgiving, bitch! (laughs) Wait, something more important that we didn't recognize earlier this month was your birthday! Uh, Oh,
0: yeah! That's happening um, in real time, my birthday is tomorrow, <laughs> but uh, in podcast time, it was weeks um, ago. It will have been, yeah, a few weeks ago.
1: Happy birthday to you. Happy <laughs> birthday. Yes. How old are you? 21.
0: 21. Finally, legal to drink.
1: Oh, yeah. Now you can go to the clubs.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I'm turning 32.
1: That's a fuck.
0: I know. What a weird age. <laughs> It is. It's like nothing to celebrate. Sort of a non-exciting year, but you know what? I'm ready to make the best of it. Yeah, and just enjoying it. I'm enjoy. I'm gonna enjoy 32.
1: Oh, that's good. Well, you know what? Tell me some things that you're thankful for. Oh my gosh. Well, yes. Bring it right
0: back to Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> enough with the um, birthday. Country. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna edit it out. So. <laughs> <laughs> um one thing that I'm grateful for is my health. Um, oh yeah and I say that because this time of year the weather's changing it's getting a little chillier um, and I'm happy that I have this gorgeous body um, <laughs> that is like, that is here to help me walk through life one step at a time, but you will notice that the cold weather change that's at least happening here in California always makes me lose my voice a little. So if I sound a little gravelly,
1: like, get over it. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that's a really insightful thing to be thankful for because I'm like, I too am thankful for my healthy body. Well, I wouldn't call it healthy because I fill it with nothing but Taco Bell. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that it can stay in just like, you know, a regular like BMI level and doesn't get too high up from all the shit I cram into it. What did you say about your BMs? No, 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 no. I don't want (laughs) to. No, no. but maybe that helps with it. But yeah, you know, I tend to just stay in the overweight category Category and never really trail into the obesity. <laughs> Look, wow! I love so that. I'm really for you. glad. I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, but
0: do you know what? No matter if you are overweight, if you're obese, if you're underweight, if you have the body of you know a god, like we all have beautiful bodies, and we are all very lucky to be fucking walking this earth and having these bodies. So yeah, you're right, you know, love yourself.
1: Yeah, I would say that I'm also thankful for my job, not just because it provides me with money, but it also lets me take out my anger on the patrons of the business I work for without any consequences.
0: Yeah, because you work in the dental industry, which is like known to be very painful.
1: Yes, and these bitches get on my fucking nerves. So I get to just sit there and tell them that they owe us (laughs) $3,000 and I don't even have to feel bad about it. (laughs) I love that, I love that. Um, I
0: am grateful For uh, dogs, I mean, dogs are so much better than boys. I mean, they're low maintenance. You don't really have to feed them. They'll feed themselves. Um, You know, they wash themselves unlike boys. Like, Girl, what the fuck is you talking about? Yeah, dogs are just like a gift to us.
1: Yeah, I'm actually thankful for my veterinarian. Veterinarian? I don't know. Are they hot? Is that why? No, but... He actually diagnosed my dog with congestive heart failure. But I'm grateful because the stupid ass vet before that said that he had bronchitis. Okay. So what? Yeah, she didn't do anything. But this new vet, he was like, no, he has congestive heart failure. He also um, needs a lot of medication to take for the rest of his life. So my little angel just turned 14 years old. His birthday is actually the day we're recording this. (laughs) Okay, that bitch is trying to steal my thunder. (laughs) Happy birthday, Sammy.
0: (laughs) But he's such a sweet little angel. I love little Sammy. He's the cutest little
1: dog ever. He really is. He's such a... Well, he's a grumpy old man. Let's be honest. But um, should we be thankful for our partners? No. (laughs) No, they make our lives harder. Yeah, oh my God. They're so
0: annoying. They're like love me like hang out with me yeah. like cuddle me I'm like shut up you spend
1: too much time on the podcast
0: yeah yeah oh my god hurry up with your podcast <laughs> get out of the bathroom What are you taking so long
1: well that brings me to the next thing I'm thankful for our fans
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yes our loyal listeners thank you for the ego boost oh my
1: goodness I know we were like nobody's gonna listen to this new season we've been gone for too long and then as soon as we came back Here all four of you came back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I mean, yeah, what were we thinking? I mean, you guys have been loyal from the jump and you have not abandoned us so far. And so we are very grateful for that. Also, if you want to send us a generous donation, we'll gladly accept (laughs)
1: How do I do that, you ask? Go over to anchor.fm slash fear the talking queers and give us your money, honey. Yes, (laughs) yes.
0: Or you can head over to Venmo where you can find me at Jake (laughs) slash
1: signs. (laughs) And I will personally take that payment. Yes, and if you want a favor in return, don't bother. (laughs) (laughs) Find me on onlyfans.com (laughs) slash onlyfans.com slash fear the talking queers, where you can find the latest and greatest in our nudes, (laughs) but not of us, of other people,
0: (laughs) (laughs) of all your favorite horror celebrities. Every nude scene in a horror film you can ever think of.
1: Yes. Ooh, wait a minute. That's actually a genius.
0: Wait a minute. That is brilliant.
1: Everyone deserves (gasps) to see Brandon Perea of Nopes. Nice, juicy ass. Juicy ass with
0: that little like fur patch above the crack. (sighs) Oh, honestly, I'd stick my nose in it. Yeah, tongue, (laughs) anything, foot. (laughs) (laughs) I want to get lost in that patch.
1: (laughs) Speaking of tall grass this week we are doing. <laughs> In addition to Thanksgiving, <laughs> all of November is National Native American Heritage Month. Woohoo! Which brings us to our movie this week, which is Prey. I, I, this movie to me came out of nowhere. I didn't
0: even know that this mo- movie was coming out. A prequel to the Predator franchise. Like, something, something I didn't even know was, was on the horizon. And boy, did this come out and shock me. Because this shit was fire.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, typically something like this isn't really our cup of tea. Like, Yeah. um, You don't really find us talking about Alien and Predator and Terminator and stuff like that.
0: I mean, we've done one action sci-fi film, which we did Edge of Tomorrow, I believe in season three. And that's probably the closest we've come to a sci-fi action film. Yeah. And so this is a, you know, a rare gem from us this week. And I'm actually really excited to talk about
1: it. I know, but don't expect any type of connections to the original movies at all, because we have not watched those.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I know I've seen the original Predator. Like, I know I've seen that. I know Arnold. I know Get to Choppa. And, you know, I know. <laughs> but it's been years, and I cannot say that I've seen many others, except for, I know I've seen probably Alien versus Predator. Mm. Oh, do you know what? I also saw the Predator one with Adrian Brody. But like again, they're like movies that I just sort of passively watch, but not like yeah. I don't passionately watch the Predator franchise or the rushing Alien to the franchise, theater.
1: right, right, right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. But I do enjoy them. I do enjoy them. I think I really liked one of them. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. I think <laughs> but so this movie came out and everybody was like raving about it and I was yeah. like, okay, I was like, I'm definitely going to give it a check out cuz I hate not being in in the know right. when people love things. Right. Which is, you know, why I'm now feeling the pressure to see Terrifier 2. So, um... Right. I, so I checked this out on Hulu, and damn, what a
1: surprise. Honestly, it's worth all of its praise. It has a really high audience score, really high Rotten Tomato score, and it's definitely worth the watch because this movie is just literally just a really good movie so let's get into it <laughs>
0: yeah let's get into it yeah so um this is prey it's coming, it's
1: coming. <laughs> oh, can get your side loose Prey, released in 2022, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, written by Patrick Ason. Our movie begins in the year 1719 in the Great Plains. Naru, played by Amber Midthunder, a young Comanche woman trained as a healer, dreams of becoming a great hunter like her brother Tabe, played by Dakota Beavers. While tracking deer with her dog, Sari, played by Coco. Ah! <laughs>
0: oh my god the star the star yes the daughter of Courtney Cox and David Arquette <laughs> finally oh making
1: her film debut <laughs> yes,
0: yes yes I know y'all thought it was Ice-T's wife but no <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> those big old breasts I would
1: just love to see her in any horror movie just jumping around <laughs> Fighting for her life. Yeah. (laughs) Running on all fours. Naru witnesses the lights of an alien predator spacecraft, which she interprets as a thunderbird, taking it as a sign to prove herself as a hunter. Tabe says Naru can come on the search party, but only to help track the cat and provide medical treatment if they find the hunter alive. They retrieve the wounded hunter and depart, though Tabe stays behind to find and kill the big cat. He could hit this big cat. Let me tell you what. Okay. Okay. Miss
0: Tabe, that's a sexy man.
1: I just want him to, like, as he's hitting it from behind, to let his hair down and let it caress my back as he strokes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that plan. That's great. Finding large, unusual tracks and a meticulously skinned rattlesnake, Nadu circles back with another hunter named Pake and finds Tabe. Together, the three set a trap for the mountain lion, but it kills Pake. Nadu faces off with the big cat on the branch of a tree, but after being distracted by the strange sounds and lights of the predator in the distance, she falls and strikes her head. She wakes up in her family home, having been carried back by Tabe. He later returns to the village carrying the dead mountain lion. His face is painted with the lion's blood, and his victory earns him the title of war chief. Despite the celebration, Naru insists they all go back to investigate the strange footprints they found, but Tabe dismisses it as bear tracks. Convinced of a greater threat they've never seen before, Naru departs on a journey with Sari. She comes across a herd of skinned bison left to rot on the plains. Appalled by the wasteful slaughter, she says a prayer for their spirits. Eventually, she stumbles into a mud-filled bog pit, which nearly swallows her before she escapes. Nadu and Sadi are later attacked by a bear, giving Nadu time to escape before running into a group of Comanche hunters sent to find her. After a scuffle with the men, they overpower her and place her in a foothold trap. Suddenly, the Predator attacks. It kills the men in combat, then leaves as it no longer sees her as a threat.
0: Oh. All right.
1: Compelling. Lots of action. Duh. Lots of danger. Lots of adventure. Well, one of the first things that's different about this movie is that it's not called Predator Origin or Predator 1719. It's called Prey. Yeah. And I love that right away we get this whole introduction that is a through line throughout which is the idea of a hunter and the it's prey like we right. first see tabe shoot a bird in the sky that already has a fish and its talons and then later we follow this bug on in the grass and it gets eaten by a mouse and then the mouse gets eaten by a snake and then the snake gets killed by the predator so it's kind of like a cool through line that's consistent throughout the entire story and i thought that was really yeah. an excellent um Idea to put in throughout,
0: yeah. I think it almost like sh- shows like the food chain almost yeah. in a way. You know, it's like there's predator and there's prey. Yes, Th- there and there's always something bigger that's coming after you. And I think there's something really, really interesting about this idea that our our predators, our sort of apex predators here on Earth, yeah. are now challenged by an even bigger threat which is the predator who has come to our planet and now he's the apex predator so yeah I definitely see what you're saying with that and what I like about the difference in the name of this film you know Prey is obviously the antithesis to the predator right it's like what they go after Yeah. but I love that in a way of flipping it, it sort of gives way for the character of Naru to be the center of this movie. This unassuming character who we would assume is the prey is actually a fierce predator in a way. And, you know, it it flips it. it. She's the focus of this. You know, it's about her, her journey and her ability to overcome the obstacles of people underestimating her and what she's capable of.
1: Yes, I do love that. I Okay, so, Naru, she aspires to be a warrior, but given the gender roles right. of their specific tribe, she is more so trained in being a healer and using herbs as which, which by the way the ingenuity of native culture with the use of the earth to like heal and I, I just love it and I just love that it is yeah. a part of this movie and that it's so uh, it's so uh, the main thing <laughs>
0: I don't know what I'm trying to say but... <laughs> no it's 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 so prominent in this film prominent mm. it even had me thinking while I was watching it I was like oh my god I was like maybe I, w- I should just like forsake modern western medicine for this like you know Honestly, like obviously well you can't, like, I can't
1: ima- you can't you know why <laughs> because why? when the European colonizers and settlers came they actually destroyed a lot of those plants and replaced it with the pharmaceutical industry oh isn't that lovely wow
0: Um. yeah so like, but like we, we get some really amazing things like this like use of the orange um, totsia which is like this This um, Orange flower I guess That has like Has a very specific Medicinal property To like Cool down your blood And I don't know There's just so many Innovative and incredible things That That native people Were 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 so They were so in tuned With the earth And the world around them That they were able to To cultivate These amazing medicines And things I would assume That they had to be Incredibly effective you know, for them to sort totally. of swear by these and and cu- and cultivate these and pick these things and create these herbs, and so that that's fascinating. It's
1: absolutely and- fascinating. There are actually books on Amazon, like huge books of like all of like these herbs and flowers and plants and um, that are native to all these different places. And I think there's one specific to California that I was interested in buying that says all the native plants of California that were used by the tribes for those medicinal purposes and what each one was Mm -hmm. for. And then it talks about which, like it shows you how many are actually extinct from being destroyed by the settlers. And I'm like, that's so unfortunate. And it's so crazy that they had this way of creating even just weapons out of stones and sticks. And um, one thing I specifically like about Naru in particular is that she blends her two worlds together when she decides that her tomahawk needs that little rope. And so she weaves it out of bark, which I thought I was like, this uh, culture is so underappreciated. This is so fucking cool. And it's such a great way to show her her balance her innovation her innovation and
0: like oh and that's and then that's what i think i mean it's like whether it's a comment on you know the culture in general or just who naru is as a as a potential warrior and somebody who can lead and be the the chief warrior um, you know she possesses the best of both worlds she has she doesn't just live in either i'm a warrior or i'm a healer or a gatherer, or whatever. She seems to play every single role, yeah. And that ultimately leads to her success and to her, you know, victory later on in the film, <clears throat> yeah. And I think, and I, and I think that's awesome. However, I mean, at this moment, and as amazing as you know all this incredible horticulture is and everything, Ms. Nod was like, no, that's not for me. She's like, I'm this. I, I'm not here to do this. She's like, I. I I want different things. I want different things than what the barriers have been set up for people like me, for women like me in in this tribe. She's like I want to be something else. I want to be a fighter. I want to be a warrior. For me, that would give me uh fulfillment. And she has a lot of struggles like people do not let her forget her place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Amber Midthunder, specifically, is just amazing in this role. The intensity that she brings to like the really um, high-tension scenes is great. But I will say that the critique that I read a lot of, which I don't agree with, but I thought it would be interesting to discuss, is that her journey has been criticized by some critics as feeling like a YA novel. Which, to me, Hmm. just discredits the film's importance because it's a classic storyline it's a woman breaking out of her gender role to prove that she has the skills that it takes to be in a male dominated field and it's an yeah. inspiring story for women it's an influential story for yeah. young native children and it's a cha- it's a challenge to societal gender roles so it's extremely this a story like this will never be out of date until everyone is equal and people change their minds about what women and men should be so right, this story will always be relevant in movies and YA novels and I just thought that was a cheap way to discredit what the film was trying to say of course
0: and I also saw a lot of criticism that they thought that she was too strong and that you know somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger who you know had to fight the the predator in the original film you know is not you know with his strength and everything that he you know his character was like a mercenary like that these two characters shouldn't have comparable journeys because she's a y- you know, a young woman and she was overpowered. But I'm like, you have like, Seabed. when you watch this movie, you see that. And I kind of already made this point, but it's like, you see that she uses more than just strength. She uses her brain. She, she fights with her smarts and she fights, you know, with her, her ingenuity and her innovation and her observation, her her skills to to be aware of the world around her and to remember, you know, specific things about that have happened to her that she could use in the future. And so I think to say that, you know, oh well Arnold Schwarzenegger's this big old man and she's this young girl that she couldn't possibly defeat the Predator I think that's also bullshit. Yeah. Because I think that I that discredits the intelligence that it goes into winning a fight no matter how big the the opponent is
1: absolutely because that's the purpose of it that's like what we're trying to say here and in a lot of ways it ties into the very end of this movie where she ends up deciding hey you know what i don't need this pistol because i have this i'm gonna use this actually as bait to overcome and so it's kind of just like the story of the ingenuity of native people, which we were just praising where it's like, we don't need guns. We don't need muscles. We don't need Arnold Schwarzenegger. We use yeah. our natural resources to overcome anything because we are trained to survive. We're not trained to rely on technology that's, you know, shouldn't even exist in movies because it doesn't exist in real life. You know what I mean? That like, right, or exactly. Like rely on superhuman sized men to overcome this. Like we are using our smarts, our way, our intelligence, our survival, yeah. our natural survival instincts to overcome something. But in the, also, in a way that kind of ties into just the narrative of the native people throughout this, uh, aside from Nadu as well, where it's like the way that the actors and the producers contributed their stories and their own personal cultures, their native cultures yeah. to the story. So, a lot of it was one of the producers, um, Jane Myers is of Comanche and Blackfoot descent. So she served as a historical advisor as well as a producer for their hunting, the clothing, the language, um, and the village. So I'm like, thank God they had her because this could have been another oh my God. Hollywood interpretation of Native cultures and it wouldn't have been nearly as genuine.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that there was a lot of care put into, you know, true representation here. You know, everybody here has some sort of ancestry within, you know, the Native culture. And, uh, you know, I think that it's really important. I think we need to highlight stories like this. Like, we've sort of been taught the story so much about how, you know, colonizers have came in and destroyed the Native American people, almost like making them sort of like to made them out to be weak in some sort of way. Yeah. But that is not the case at all. Like, they have such a strong rich history and they are fighters and they are warriors and I think that is something that we need to acknowledge and that they're not you know in the story of America or whatever that they they cannot be reduced to you know just supporting characters like I, I think that yeah. having this movie you know be so heavy centered around that native culture is so important and yeah. because it gives us a perspective that we're not we have not been given a lot of, you know?
1: Yeah, there's a really interesting article that I read where it went through the tropes of how Native Americans have been Portrayed throughout film's history. And it's either that they're brutal savages or they're weak and they were overpowered by the white man's gun. And then, or they're like the wise spirit, you know, like we've seen in Poltergeist, even. Um, Grandmother Willow. uh, Grandmother Willow. Or, you know, the age old story of fucking Pocahontas, which is kind of controversial when you really think about it. But, um, absolutely. (laughs) But here, this is like a genuine form of the celebration of the culture. And I thought it was even neat that they got to, col- a lot of the cast got to collaborate with the makeup artists on their face paint design. So yeah, yeah, yeah. even if, you know, some of their paint is not specific to the Comanche culture, each of these like supporting characters and, and extras got to uh, put in their own family history and their own cultures yeah. into their face paint design. Which I'm like, that's so cool because now you have representation of these actors Personal families and personal cultures immortalized on film forever in a very genuine way, and I think that's so cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. I remember um, Dakota Beaver's talking about how he even got the input and in, like his final scene um, against the Predator, where I guess originally the character wasn't supposed to wear any makeup at all, but he was like, I don't know, like I f- I feel like in this moment, I think this specific face paint would you know really add to it, would make will really help me get into character and feel the you know this the spirit of my ancestors and things like that. And he approached Dan Trachtenberg about it who was like, absolutely, do it. Yes. If, like, if that if that if that is important to you, do it. And you know, I think that that sort of encapsulates the culture on this this film, probably yeah, making it.
1: And the respect that they paid for the people who yeah. know what the fuck they're doing. Um the one of the things is the use of the Comanche language, which I think is mm-hmm. great. I honestly would have preferred that they spoke it throughout, but there is a complete dub um of the Comanche language on Hulu. So you can watch right. the entire movie in Comanche, which I thought was really cool. I just wish it kind of would have been the other way around. <laughs> and, mm, but yeah, maybe then it would have I, been maybe it would sure. have been hard for them to kind of do the language throughout. So I don't know.
0: Right, I think. Yeah, I think, and that's something that they've been very open about publicly. That they were having trouble finding a solution. They called it like the hunt for red October sort of curse or something like that, which had you know had a similar situation but with Russian instead of English, and so and I and I guess they couldn't come up with a. Balance. Better... Uh, yeah, like, uh, like a better solution in the moment. And so... Sure. The way they did it is they, they filmed it in English, but then they had all the actors reprise their roles for the dub. Um, And that they... I guess there's some sort of technology they used to match up their mouths with the actual Comanche language that was happening to make it as authentic as possible. So it didn't, quote-unquote, look like it, you're watching an old Kung Fu film.
1: Okay. Well, honestly... Yeah, that's an amazing effort to make so kudos yeah. to them but yeah I would have yeah. heard it <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, maybe sure, I'll watch absolutely. it one day in the complete dub and I, would, I yeah. would probably enjoy it just as much because this is also not a film that relies on its, um,
0: Dial- it's dialogue it's not super
1: dialogue heavy it's No, it's very action, action-
0: yeah. And I do think that they did something very interesting, which was make the French characters not have any translation. It's almost as if they flipped it. Yes. To me, that's interesting because it almost puts them as the other. Like the white man is now the other, or the foreigners understand the language. Uh, right, exactly. Unless you speak French. Like, you're not going to know what they're saying. And they just said, we're not going to yeah. bother putting subtitles for them to know. But the thing is, is that even without knowing the language, you can tell their intentions. You, you can tell yeah. their intentions aren't good, that they are there to cause destruction. Well, easy for you to say, because
1: we actually do speak um, French.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. France, French, français when, when the French people showed up, I was like, oh, bonjour, mon ami.
1: Bonjour. Mes amis. Bonjour, je m'appelle Jacques jacques Sacré bleu, Raphaël. Sacré bleu, incroyable. (laughs) Les (laughs) misérables. Les croissants. Yeah. Les croix, sparkling water. (laughs) Why do we do this? Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why. Another important character introduced in this is the Predator. Which yes, here while still an advanced alien species, it, it still blends into its s- setting. Like he has earth-toned coloring, um, and yeah. Like, his the way his helmet is
0: like, yeah. like like a bone skull. It, it's yes. not so metallic, and you know, look doesn't look very technologically advanced. It looks more like biological than it does. Yeah, you know, obviously like, there have been
1: of- advancements made throughout you know, it's years as well over the past yeah. 300 to 400 years since right. this. I
0: mean, it, it, right. And it also still does come attached with all the lasers and the whatever, whatever. Yeah. So it's not like completely unrecognizable, but no. they at least were consider of the fact that this takes place 300 years before the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, and, exactly.
1: Um, while this, Like you said, while this, this technology is still advanced, like it has lasers and stuff, the weapons almost mirror the ones used by the tribe yeah. So it it is cool to see that there was even attention to detail in the Predator. It kind of would have been probably a little silly looking had they just taken the sleek, shiny, black, like usual predator and applied it to something. It probably wouldn't have would have been a little bit more jarring. So I think that they did a good job blending it all and making it cohesive aesthetically.
0: Yeah, definitely. But the Predator is um very threatening still. And I, and I was sort of like, okay, I was like, what is the Predator's deal? Like, what does the Predator fucking want? And I just Googled it. I was like, what is the purpose of the Predator? And it's pretty simple. And even Google said it's pretty simple. He's It's basically a hunter who hunts for sport. Yeah. It's not like there for like to steal our resources or to, you know, for any other reason other than just to kill, just to be destructive.
1: Yeah, because it starts off small with a snake.
0: Yeah. That snake skinned o- on the fucking
1: ground. I know. I was like, bitch,
0: is that Heidi Klum?
1: I was like... <laughs> <laughs> is that Heidi Hoop Klum in her Halloween costume? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, ew. She said, Heidi. come on, come on to my Halloween ball. Uh, yeah. She looked crazy. <laughs> she looked disgusting. But also when I saw it skinned, like, you know, Nadu's kind of having a hard time figuring out what it is. She kind of looks close. And they show it a few times. And I was like... Is that a deck?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was like, ew. I know a skinned snake just like lying there. That's so gross. But yeah, so the predator's like working his way up. And, you know, he's like starting small just to get get his little toesies wet, you know, dipping his toes in the pool.
1: Speaking of skinning, um, one of the things that I was like surprised to find that the French did was... um, the skinned bison and one of the things that i realized when she comes across the skinned bison is that she does a prayer and i think that's a really beautiful moment because something i learned from native practices in my use of sage and whatever you know we grow our own sage here um on the property i live on and Mm. um I remember reading that and if you're growing it yourselves and you harvest it yourself, you should always thank the plant for providing you yeah. the leaves that you need for your medicinal purposes and your smudging purposes and whatever, what have you. So I do that. And so when I saw this moment, I was like, ah, oh, I love this culture so much and I love right. just their respect for the earth.
0: Sure. And and here's the thing. Okay. So I was like, I even wrote in my notes, I said, oh, I was like, I love that she honors, like, the dead animals. But to me, that shows the major difference between her and the predator, or maybe the, you know, the native people and the predator. And, you know, the predator has no concern for life at all, just kills at will, um... You know, you know, just fucking kills that wolf and just rips its spine out ah. and uses Ooh. that spray to, like, dissolve its skin and then, you know, has his skull on his, like, dangling as, like, a prize, you know? And, th- and then there's, that's just a complete difference to how she sees when she sees all these dead bison and she, like, says that prayer for them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. And then I then you come to realize that the predator didn't even do that. The predator didn't even kill these bison. It was the fucking white man who did. This. Oh yes, and a lot and of it's ways like, oh, they wait. make the predator Same comparable
1: <laughs> to yes. the settlers and the colonizers and how their their savagery, like in their killings and they're just not even remotely apologetic in their approach to taking right. over this the, land.
0: Exactly, and the fact that I assumed that this had been done by the cold-blooded alien fucking monster that had just arrived on the planet and then I was like, oh wait, no, that was just us. Yeah, when that they was just show up in their other bison human beings.
1: fur coats. I'm like, ew, how disgusting. And in a lot of ways, that's what putting this story into this setting represents is uh, the Native people overcoming this threat to their people that have they, they have this advanced technology and they have to use their natural resources so in a way like we said in the beginnings of this podcast where film really especially in horror represents like overcoming like you get to see yeah. redemption put on screen in these horror movies this yeah. is one of those things where it's like yeah we know sure. the reality of the situation but look at this like where they're getting yeah, this their is, redemption against us justice to their people. Yeah, yeah. This is
0: of course. Absolutely. Um and so then we get this like we get um this fight, you know, between Naru and this giant bear, right? Which I think is, you know, it's really exciting. And and I think this goes back to what we were saying before about, uh, you know, the apex predator. And, you know, because I, I looked it up. I was like, is the a bear considered an apex predator? And it is. So that, you know, the apex predator is like the top of the fucking... Food you chain. Know, food, yeah, we are not... We I, I mean, I guess humans might be considered apex predators. But I mean, compared to a bear, like, we are, you know, useless. So to see how she takes on the bear, but then seeing that the predator kills the bear rather easily, I think that really increases... You know the, the tension and the yeah. threat. Yeah, the stakes, the threat of the predator, and um, I'm, uh, you know, it makes it really exciting to see like how is she going to overcome this. Will she be able to? And you know, she's not like, um, at this point in the story, Naru isn't like, she's not on the offensive. She's very much smart enough to know when to run. Yeah, she, she for knows sure. when to get the hell out of there. And so um, I think this it, it's it's a good start for our
1: journey with her. Um, When it comes to her and the predator When we meet her she's not the greatest warrior She has a lot of brains And techniques that help her But she's not She's not typically as good as Tabe what they learn is that it's a group Effort but Sure um, and also
0: well it goes back to that To the scene with the mountain lion Right yeah like you know, she, she's really adamant that she wants to join the party, and so they, they finally let her, and she gets her opportunity, and it ultimately doesn't go the way that she had hoped. I don't think it's because she, you know, is bad. It just happened to be that the circumstances wasn't great where she ended up on that, you know, that tree branch, and she ended up falling off of it and knocking herself out. I mean... Could that have been avoided? I guess, maybe. But I mean, I don't think that makes her a bad warrior. But I think it's interesting is that the other person that was with them gets killed by the mountain lion, and she is still told that she's not good enough. It's like she has to prove herself more than somebody who got killed. Yeah, the celebration that happens, like, it's not even acknowledged that, that the other person was killed and that she at least survived, like she's sort of still undermined even though she still survived that moment. And so to me, this is just, just showing that she has to prove herself even harder than any of the men, no matter how worthless they are.
1: <laughs> well, something that like comes to mind now that you're mentioning the wolf and the mountain lion and the bear, um, are they are some of the apex predators that are at the top of their game, right? And they're a threat to this tribe because the tribe is so embedded into, you know, the natural world around them that these are yeah. threats to them. And so what we're seeing th- different here from re- other horror movies is that th- the villain is not killing a big muscular man and then putting the final girl in jeopardy, you know, it's like right. th- the warning signs for the tribe and for Naru specifically is this predator killing the apex predators that they're actually used to, um, yeah. surviving against. So, that's an interesting dynamic, too, that I just realized after watching it. We're not seeing a muscular man or, uh, yeah. you know, the, the jock getting killed first. We're seeing, like, these apex predators that they're typically up against getting killed by our villain. And then they're like, right. what kind of threat is this? And that's kind of yeah, an it, interesting thing for the time period. Yeah,
0: of course. Ex- exactly. And I think that, like, brings up, like, this conversation of, like... Does it matter that they're not like technologically advanced or is it, does, does that not have anything to do with success? Like, is it more about how you approach the situation, about how you use your smarts, your resources around you, or does it all come down to who has the better technology?
1: Yeah. No, and that's what we come to learn is that no you don't need all yeah. that shit. Like you said we like we said we don't need guns, we don't need uh Arnold Schwarzenegger and a technology that doesn't exist in reality because we have something raw and grounded and Right, exactly. It's a, and, and it's it's something that to, you are yeah, so in tuned with. Yeah, yeah, they're
0: so in tuned with the earth. That is that what they live by. You know, they hunt from the earth. They they yeah. give back to the earth. They plant from like that is their world, and, and so it only makes sense that 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 is their biggest resource.
1: Like you said in the beginning of our review, here was I makes me want to give up Western medicine and take on all of the, yeah. these beliefs and these um, herbs for medicinal purposes. But then at the same time, I think that is beautiful, and this is a very beautiful culture. But I'm also very thankful that I don't have to fight for my life every day <laughs> just to live.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, but that's the thing. It's like these people are survivors they are survivors because yes. they have to be. That is what their their life revolves around, is surviving. So it makes sense that they will fight to the death and they will use everything they can in order to
1: survive. Yes, and the most fascinating thing about this first section that we just read through is that it's crazy to think that these native cultures that were lived that that took over that had this land all to themselves probably knew so much about the earth that we will never know and that we don't even yeah. have the herbs and the plants anymore to even learn about them so um i love that that's all included in here totally
0: totally um and then so like towards the end of the section we get this <laughs> we get naru having a face-off with her you know the men of her tribe it's so ingrained in them to not listen to her that no matter how much savvy logic she she gives them or she's like why are the possums running away you're not even considering all these things it turns into this like violent brawl between them it's just crazy how hard she has to fight in order to be respected and then then but she's willing to throw down with these dudes she is willing to to fucking fight, mm-hmm. she will kick their ass. She's not scared of them. And um, these dudes, they, as much as you know, they're probably her friends, probably in real life. Like it's, I was like kind of rooting for them to get, get uh, you sure. know, hacked and slashed
1: by the, by the predator
0: <laughs> for what how they treated her.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't like that. And and, uh, ooh, and it is brutal
0: when when this fight happens. Ooh, yeah. Oh it's, my God. That one guy who gets like his like limbs like severed individually ew. and then fucking beheaded. Yeah. You know, we've talked about how like beautiful the culture is in this movie, but it's like this is also still like an action horror film. So, yeah. there's like a, so the flash elements still, are still very appealing. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, you can still tune in for, you know, the brutal killing and all that stuff. The it's blood all and guts there. are here. Yeah. <laughs> they are there. Like, yeah. Like spines are ripped out and heads are lopped off and it's brutal.
1: Is that it for this section?
0: Yeah. French voyagers wearing a fur of slaughtered bison find Naru and cage her. Their interpreter, Raphael, played by Bennett Taylor, questions Naru about the predator, who the Frenchmen have encountered before. When she refuses to talk, the lead voyager reveals that he has Tabe captive and tortures him before using both siblings as bait for the predator. While tied to a tree, Tabe admits to his sister that she had weakened the mountain lion, enabling him to kill it. Just then, the predator kills most of the Frenchmen while Tabe and Nadu escape. Nadu rescues Sadi from the French camp and stumbles across a dying Raphael, who teaches her how to use his flintlock pistol in exchange for medical treatment of his severed leg. Nadu gives him herbs and reduces his body heat to slow the bleeding. When the predator arrives, Raphael plays dead and Nadu realizes that due to his reduced heat, the creature cannot see him. After it steps on Raphael, he screams and the Predator kills him. Tabe arrives on horseback to rescue Naru. Together they tag-team the Predator, fighting for survival. Naru flees and finds the surviving lead Frenchman. She knocks him out, severs one of his legs and gives him an unloaded gun before eating the herbs to hide her body heat, baiting the Predator to kill the Voyager. She uses Raphael's pistol to ambush the creature, knocking off its mask, which she has previously seen to hold the targeting system for the Predator's spear gun. She steals the device and flees into the woods. Natu uses the Frenchman's severed leg to lure the Predator into the area with the mud-filled bog pit, where she has positioned the creature's mask so that it targets the pit. Without the mask, the Predator is less effective, so Natu injures it significantly before dragging it into the bog. As the predator rises from the pit, it fires the spear gun at Nadu and misses. The mask then targets the predator, launching spears into its body and killing it. Nadu severs its head and paints her face with its glowing green blood. She brings the head and the flitlock pistol back to her tribe. They honor her victory by declaring Nadu as the new war chief. The end.
1: Oh my god. Yes. Yes. Okay, so here we will relate it back to the whole timeline of the Predator series. So apparently, this flintlock pistol is important because one of the Predators gives it to Danny Glover's character in Predator 2, and it has the inscription of Raphael's name in it. But it's never been explained as to who Raphael is and what does this mean? And it says 1718 inscribed on it. And they're like, what what does that mean? And I guess there is a whole comic book series. There's a comic book series. And they've also described it. And Raphael in the comic book series is a, a pirate. So it's not canon to the films at all. But it's a nice little full story moment where it's, it's a little, like e-
0: yeah it's a nice little yeah callback easter egg or whatever you want to call it or just a tie-in to to something that's came that's came before that's come before that to before that come,
1: <laughs> that came on me before so <laughs> yeah we're finally getting like an on-screen explanation to the origins of the gun but that begs the question how did the predator get the gun back Ooh, is there Mm. another one? Will there be a
0: sequel? Well, who knows? I hope there's a sequel to this Prey 2.
1: I heard that there is... Electric Boogaloo. That Dan Trachtenberg is really invested in doing um, a couple of Prey films. Um, But they're like, we don't know what direction they'll go in. They could jump ahead in time or they could follow Nadu more or, you know...
0: I would um, hope so, because I love Nadu. I think she's a badass character. But also, maybe we've seen enough. We've seen her struggle. And now we've seen her become, um, you know, the war chief. I would hate to to see something happen to her. You know, I, I would hope yeah. that she lived the rest of her life, you know, being a badass and protecting her tribe. Before she got to be the war chief, um, I do think it's interesting that the predator doesn't find her to be a threat, so literally won't attack her. isn't that interesting? It's like it's like a secret power that she has or maybe as maybe it's a comment on women in general that you know we underestimate how dangerous or how powerful that they can be and um, you know Miss Nadu ends up using that to her advantage to take down the predator.
1: Yeah because it kind of plays throughout this section like Uh, like for the gun for instance like I I like that she doesn't use the gun but instead uses it as bait like we mentioned earlier and considering that guns are what gave guns and gunpowder and explosives are what gave the European settlers their power over the native tribes that they destroyed it's nice to see like that this Frenchman is holding a gun thinking that he has the upper hand until he's outsmarted out resourced by the advanced survival techniques of Naru so it's like throughout like these men think that they have power over her that she's not a threat and so that's yeah she's able to come up in the back and be like oh yeah bitch
0: well yeah bitch (laughs) exactly but then we yeah so then we get the introduction of the white men into the story Uh. and this adds an entirely new layer and I think that it is pretty brilliant in you know in adding this because it by having them almost be like equated to the predator this Force coming from another place, you know, yeah. not, not necessarily another planet, but another country, whatever an coming in. An outside threat, yeah. Yeah, an outside threat coming in and destroying and killing and pillaging and raping and all these things. Mm-hmm. You do sort of see the parallel here and then that gets you thinking about about history and about about how we have a revised history in a way to make it seem like you know, the the white men came and discovered America, which is not the truth at all. This is what happened. Yeah. This is the sort of death and destruction that they brought, and they brought disease and they brought smallpox. Yeah, small yeah, just things that gonorrhea, of course. Right. And and I think it's important to to tell the truth in these situations. Even in a movie about an alien killer, you know, coming yeah. to the, it like let's it's still an authentic portrayal, probably more than we've had in a while,
1: yeah. E- even with a full ass alien walking around,
0: <laughs> and it right? Exactly. Like at least they stayed. They stayed true to the actual historical facts of what
1: happened. Yeah, and of what was going on and the hostility between the settlers and the tribes around them. And yeah, yeah, I, you're right. I, and it brings up a lot of awareness to to that. Like, oh yeah, duh. You know, uh-huh. like they didn't oh, just yeah. like die off by themselves fuck. And
0: I'm glad that they didn't try to make them sympathetic as if they were like allies to Naru they make them monsters in a way yeah they make them an an additional threat that she has to survive Mm -hmm. and you know she has like one sort of nice conversation with one of them but it's only because he's desperate to live and he knows that she has the wherewithal to help him with medicine And, you know, she she does what she can because I think she's interested in possibly using the gun to help her own survival. That
1: brings us to this medicine. So this orange flower, what was it called? The orange totsia. Oh, yeah. So uh, that being a way to lower your body temperature, because I almost forgot. Yeah, brilliant. Got, yeah, genius. Because I'm, like, I'm like, I almost forgot that that's how the Predator sees. Until we started getting, like, yeah. the clips of its point of view. I was like, oh, oh yeah. This is, like, the main part of, like, the yeah. Predator is, like, the yeah, exactly. fucking the, the, thermal. The, the heat. Viewing. Yeah, the thermal vision. Yes, so I love that the biggest defense against this predator is a flower, like a na- this natural way of living is like celebrated and utilized here. Yeah, natural
0: weapons as opposed to technologically advanced weapons. Yeah, and is one actually stronger than the other, or is a battle more than its weapons?
1: Yeah, and really, it comes back to that idea of the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. Like, how did how do they compare? And it's like, well, because it's not about what you can obtain with these lasers and advanced technologies it's about what you can do with yeah it's like these are the tools that they have it's not about how many guns you have and how many lasers and this and that you have explosives it's literally about what you can do and make with what you have around you with your natural yeah. resources and so the fact that that comes out on top is an inspiring message it shows the yeah. power of plants <laughs> absolutely
0: the earth um, I we do, we do have a little like moment of of redemption between you know Nadu and Tabe who, yeah. who have had sort of a strained relationship because he's never really given her credit for for how good she is at what she's done and he finally admits that you know she's her her plan to kill that mountain lion actually did work and that he was wrong for not really giving her credit for it and making her feel like her plan wasn't good enough when in actuality it was. And so our yeah. our beautiful Tabe, is learning, and um, we love that.
1: I know. You know, and one of the things... Give the
0: woman her credit, goddammit.
1: Absolutely. And one of the things that I really liked about this, like, sort of redemption arc, where he's like, you know, you're the one that weakened the mountain lion, which enabled me to conquer it, is that they learn... Teamwork and while that can feel very YA of them, you know, to be like <laughs> this sibling storyline of um, you know, I don't believe in you, and then he comes around to respecting her. It's like, yeah, great. But at the same time, I very much appreciate the storyline being about their family and their dynamic and yeah. Tabe being something that um Natu is aspiring to be in a way, but in her own fashion. And yeah. I love that it was that and not, like, this romantic storyline, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm glad out. she wasn't,
0: like, trying to marry Cocoa or something like that. Yeah, like,
1: exactly. Because one of... Well, I mean, not to compare apples to oranges, but I just watched The Woman King, and my big... Uh, which was strikingly... Incredible. Incredible, I, incredible. But there were so many, like, these unnecessary storylines that I thought little kind soap opera-y yes, sure yes like the romance and the you're my daughter and I was like okay yeah. I don't know that I love those ideas it, it takes away from just the raw storyline and so I think this yeah. accents it instead of taking away from it and so I do sure. like their storyline and their arc together
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's a brother and sister coming to realize that they, you know, can learn from each other, and it's not just one who who can be successful, and the other has to stay in their place. Like they're able to complement, yeah, to complement each other, and so um, they're like tied to this pole to be used as bait, and they end up escaping while all the white men around them are just absolutely slaughtered. Which is great. Sl- which is great.
1: Justice we need to see on.
0: It's on a great television. action sequence. Yeah, and and we see more of like the predator's technology. Like this thing is still like the net. That one always gets me. We shoots that net at that guy and it squeezes him and the <laughs> in the log that he's on until it's just like mulch and blood. <laughs> like <laughs> that one's pretty brutal. I, re- I that one was cool. Compost. Apparently, this predator, uh, Mr. Dan DeLiegro. He's actually one of the shorter predators. Apparently, the original was like over seven feet tall, and Beast. I know Mr. <laughs> and Mr. Dan is a lowly six foot nine. So, <laughs> 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 but he was he was really interesting. I watched one of the an interview with him where he talked about how a lot of the effects of the Predator are practical, like yeah. his face like like the he said it was hard for him to hear. That he would ha- he had like a like a god mic in his ear that would ha- you know that was good for direction and anybody could talk to him in it but he said he had a hard time hearing because all the animatronics in the face were so loud they'd be like and then he couldn't hear ah. because the mouthpieces would move and all that stuff I was like damn that's so cool
1: that is so yes. cool movie magic which, movie uh, which magic. is so cool because. In a movie that celebrates so much of the use of natural resources, the last thing you want to yeah. see is this CGI alien running through the the right. planes. And, and
0: believe me, there's plenty of CGI. I mean, the, yeah. the, the Predator is invisible half the movie. And the, the kills so are practical a, as
1: well. They just kill those extras. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yes, they were. this is
0: actually a snuff film.
1: <laughs> I remember seeing a photo, I think, of him of in Fangoria... Of like him in the costume without the like stuff on, and I was like, Oh yeah. Oh my god. How yeah, crazy.
0: Stunt who play movie monsters and stuff, like kudos, kudos. to you. Kudos
1: to you. The, the stuff that they
0: put their body through, probably.
1: Oof. You yeah. Know, Good there's job. There's probably only a,
0: a rare few who can really handle it. So
1: we have a horror cliche here, which is after Tabe redeems himself, he is killed. <laughs> I know. I was like, no, why? It's sad to I see mean, him go because I would have loved to see that ending where she becomes the new war chief and he sort of they passes hug. the baton to her yeah. in a way. You know, I know.
0: He's like, I was war chief for a whole two days, and now <laughs> it's <that's> your turn. <laughs> <Sister>? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess that is in a way like him acknowledging that he didn't he didn't give her the credit she deserves then he dies and then she sort of takes the mantle I mean I mean, obviously it would have been better if he lived but I mean yeah, I guess I maybe know. it's her the way the only way for her to become that position was for him to die is that weird is that bad
1: it's not bad I just think that at the time the mountain lion was their biggest threat so then it was like yeah. you know what you're the war chief but
0: would she have taken over that position had he still been alive
1: I don't know. Or was she just
0: ban that, you know, oh, yeah, you can hunt with us, but he's still the thing. He's well, still the, the main enchilada.
1: It's interesting because some of the other synopses that I've read say that she... That he becomes the war, treat, war chief in that earlier scene, um, but that in her, like, you know, coming home with the green paint and stuff, it's actually... That's her getting... Inducted as like a warrior, not actually the war chief, but just becoming, giving, being given the title of a hunter instead of, you know, whatever she was. I mean, yeah, it's
0: not like, it's not like explicitly clear, like what happens. Yeah. Like, is she the new war? We don't see her, you know, party around the campfire. So,
1: yeah, true. But I do love the use of like, using the blood of like their kill oh. as face paint and so hers is it like this is so luminescent fierce. green blood I was like yes she said, Bitch, my party is going to
0: be a black light party okay she's like my
1: party is going to be the best one she's like y'all thought you were all about with that measly little lion's blood well guess what <laughs> look at this alien green blood yeah. look how it okay. looks on me look I, how like, it I shines. hope she
0: bottled it so yeah. she can use it Splash it on everybody Everybody's all dancing it <laughs> I think <was like, laughs>
1: like it's a glow paint party Yeah It's like um The uh The women that With the radium The radium girls Oh yeah
0: Oh my god Yes That story about those women That were like had, What was it like Was it
1: uranium What was it Uh Radium Radium Yes, yes. And they were like glowing the globe died. they were like licking the paintbrushes <laughs> to paint the watches for war and combat. And yes. they ended up like literally deteriorating. Um <laughs> that was <laughs> such... we listened to that podcast once.
0: Yeah. My <laughs> favorite murder, crazy. the Radium Girls. It's a great yes. episode. check <laughs> it out.
1: Sprinkling it in their hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's what I would have done with this alien blood. Um it feels like it I elevates know. her victory in a way. Um, well, yeah, it
0: sets her apart. She's she's the bitch that took down that intergalactic threat.
1: Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, I have an idea for Soundtrack Sunday. That's great. Um. <laughs> <laughs> intergalactic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I love this whole ending for her where she yeah. uses the gun, but not in a traditional sense, in a way to cause the bait. I love that she yeah. overcomes like so many men in this and Yeah. Um, the Frenchman. She outlives Tabe and then she takes oh, out the Predator. And I just love that <laughs> it all comes full circle to something that she struggled with as an obstacle earlier in her journey that she now uses to overtake the Predator. And she uses the Frenchman's gun and she uses the Predator's skull. She uses their own weapons against them. The mud pit. And the mud pit that try to hold her down earlier. Yes, exactly. That
0: that almost got the best of her earlier. Yeah, I I love this whole scene. And I love that like, after the death of Tabe, like, she is... She has no more fucks to give.
1: No. It's almost like she intakes his spirit. Like, he helps her in spirit take over this. Because they learn that teamwork... Makes the, the dream, dream work, work. and <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I think that he did that in spirit as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So she's like, "Look, my brother is dead now. I've just wish- witnessed this thing kill so many people. I cannot be, I cannot be concerned about this crazy ass white dude over here. You are now just part of my plan to facilitate the survival of me and my people. It's a small price to pay. Yeah, yeah and this." This final fight between her and the predator is like is awesome because not not only is, you know, she she on the offensive now, like she's, you know, attacking. But again, she still uses her resources like she's still using everything around her. She uses that mud pit. She use. Oh, she knows exactly what to do because she has seen this predator take down everybody with all the little gadgets in his arm. So what's the first thing she do? Chops off that bitch's arm.
1: Yes and that's the great thing about naru is that she's able to put in all of these things that she's learned she's learned how to track she's learned how to hunt she's learned how to weave she's learned how to do all of these things that do benefit her in some way in some shape in this movie and it honestly makes her the best warrior because sure she may not be the strongest and she may not be able to take down but once she learns how to outsmart everything that's really when she becomes. Right, uh, a great hunter and maybe that's the maybe that's the lesson here it's like to be well-rounded yeah learn from everybody
0: yeah take a little bit of everything yeah yeah don't be so don't be so tunnel visioned or narrow-minded take the uh, take the opportunity to to be a little bit of everything because when you're a little bit of everything you yes. know your chances of success are are much greater because you're you have the wherewithal you have the resources now to pull from everything not only can you fight but you can also you know like you said weave a rope you can also you know be aware of your surroundings know what medicine what poisons to give what it makes her more of a
1: well-rounded fighter yeah because opinion. she probably with all of that knowledge with all of the knowledge she has now even as a hunter she's probably the most valuable person in her tribe
0: yeah, exactly. And they just needed to open their eyes to it. That's like me at work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. Yeah, that's me in life. Always yeah. underestimated just because I'm gorgeous and, you
1: know, <laughs> blonde and gay. Blonde.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Perfect body. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> Big, big bubble butt yeah
1: yeah exactly <laughs> juicy ass great hair great pair of legs like uh, <laughs> yeah and that's what we're learning from Nadu. like not only can you <laughs> fucking just use all of your resources to overcome any obstacles but you can look gorgeous while doing it um, period <laughs> does that do it for this episode yeah,
0: the, Naru is now the head bitch in charge.
1: The HBI to the motherfucking sea.
0: She is an icon. She is the moment. And she is the star. Yeah, she is. She is a star. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that gets us to, to our final thoughts on Prey. I know it was kind of a quick episode, but...
1: Very. I'm looking at the time and I'm like, is this right but yeah, yeah i mean this movie's very straightforward um yeah the plot is so clear it's so concise it has historical accuracy it has cultural accuracy they did yeah, such a great job paying respect to um the comanche culture and just native culture in general yeah. um anyway, I think, and
0: it's feminist as fuck so we love
1: yes that. it's feminist as fuck it has a great message the narrative honestly is so strong here amber mid thunder is a star kills underneath it all that kills face it. paint yeah absolutely she kills it the whole cast in general is great everything about this movie just feels so cinematic it feels so special in it's storytelling and i just love what they did with the culture it celebrates a culture that is so beautiful and it accents that it- it it display it puts that on display for everyone to see and it puts it in one of our favorite genres and so i really enjoy this movie and i can't wait to watch it for years to come um but this is honestly a near perfect film
0: yeah i've watched it like 3 times like for an action sci-fi film like i don't think it gets much better than this like i think it ranks up no. there with some of the best i yes. would say it's a it's not the it's not the complicated um, Storyline of Edge of Tomorrow, but I think that for what it is, I think it accomplishes it so well. I think it's feminist as hell. I think it's awesome. I think it really highlights um, a culture that has been overlooked for so long and shows them to be fucking badass. They deserve our respect. And so I, yes. I think it does amazing things in that sense. And um, yeah, and I loved it
1: it's a culture that deserves to be celebrated and, represent, and represented well on screen and we're finally right. getting some of that here with this movie so honestly again like this is a near perfect film like it's not right. complicated there's nothing to yeah. really even criticize about it I would yeah. give this the utmost praise and I'm just gonna give this a 5 out of 5 5 out of 5 for me too absolutely is that our first 5 out of 5 for this season um I feel like it is
0: what? It, oh, I, it might be. Yeah, I think it might be our first five out of five. Oh wow. my god! Uh, go like pray. double five out of five. Go pray. No, yeah. no, I lied. Oh.
1: No, I think I gave Pearl a five. Oh, okay. I did not. So, yeah, I think you gave it like a four point five. It's the first consistent five out of five. All oh, right, the, our the first average. double five out. of Yeah. our first
0: double five out
1: of five. Okay. Yes. Go pray. Yeah, this is a great movie, and I would encourage everyone to go watch pray. It. <laughs> Go
0: pray. You Go. can see into the future. <laughs> Go pray. You know when when they say that in the in the intro. Go Ray. Because they say Go Ray. Oh. <laughs> it's like Go pray. Anyway,
1: <laughs> you're all anyway.
0: Go rewatch That's a Raven, everybody. Joey and I currently are so. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know what? We it's a great thing that we kept this episode short. You know, for your Thanksgiving commutes. Hopefully, you get to yes. celebrate with family and friends. Um, right. I
0: hope everybody understands why we chose
1: this movie for this
0: Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. if not, then give it a give it a strong think. If
1: yeah, uh, give it a strong think. Don't. But also, in November is like we said, Native American Heritage Month, so it just yes. ties in so beautifully with what we're celebrating right now because yeah thanksgiving is not it mama like sure the food is great but the history is disgusting
0: yeah the history is is not the business so um I, we thought it was a perfect tie-in with this movie where some badass native americans uh take down some bullshit white people so
1: yes and a fucking win-win. alien yes and an a alien god this really is a great movie I'm so yeah,
0: glad we did it. it. <laughs> Absolutely, me too. Me too. Um, all right, everybody. Hey, don't forget to head over to our Instagram. We got some good shit on there. Make sure you visit it at Fear the Talking Queers.
1: Yes, and leave us an Apple Podcast review. Tell us how much you love us. Rate us five yeah. stars, and you can even tell rate us, how us five. Thankful stars. you are. Yeah. Yes. Tell, tell us how thankful you are for Fear the Talking Queers. Does
0: that worship us? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Does that worship us? (laughs) Idols, my favorite word.
1: And are you a Spotify listener? No worries, because they now have a feature on there as well, or you can rate us five stars. So yes, please, we'd love to hear from you. DM us. Send us dick pics. I don't care what you do. Just talk (laughs) to us. please. Tell us you're listening. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just let us know you're there. We love you all. Send us a message, say hi. We'd love to hear from you. Everybody have an awesome Thanksgiving. If you celebrate that, if not, then just have a great dinner day. <laughs> yeah, have a great day. I don't know, but um, <laughs> until next time,
1: sweet screams of beach, sweet cream corn, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> sweet potato pie, bitch. <laughs> Sweet potato pie, bitch. Bye.